I'm Libby Rothschild, former clinical dietitian who transformed into a full-time virtual business owner. It was only one year ago when I made $55,000 a year in my clinical job. And now I make $100,000 a month being my own boss. And you can do this too. My clients, who are all female dietitians and students, started from zero and created six-figure, multi-six-figure businesses by following my proven method. And they've all been guests on air. My proven method shows you how to attract cash paying clients using social media marketing strategies that work. You don't have to guess, waste time, or hold yourself back when you follow my step-by-step method. On today's episode, we have Bianca Tamborello. She's a registered dietitian from Boston who is currently working in New York City. Over the past five years, Bianca has gained experience in numerous areas of nutrition, including food service, community, counseling, and employee wellness. Observing the habits of her video gamer husband and twin brother, Bianca has made it her mission to help gamers lose weight and develop healthy habits without giving up their passion. You can find her on Instagram at gamer period weight loss. Welcome to the show, Bianca. Hi, thanks for having me. Uh. Super stoked. Let's dive right in. Can you share with the listeners a little bit about where you started out and compare where you started out to where you are now? Yeah. So I, as a dietitian, I've been a dietitian for a little over five years now, and I have really done so many different things. I started in elementary food service and then I moved and I was at that time I was doing a little employee wellness and I did community. I've just done a whole lot of things and I ended up in food service again and now I'm in employee wellness again. But anyway, what I found was, you know, I made a hundred percent. I made the right choice being a dietitian. I always knew that I would want to try to start my own private practice. So during the pandemic, I just found this as, you know, I found a lot of time on my hands, like a lot of us, and I didn't have any more excuses. So now I'm doing my own private practice. And it's great. That's so cool. Thanks so much for sharing that. Because honestly, embarking on this journey can be so rewarding, especially during a time like this, if you're finding yourself with extra time, there's been no better time than to really start now because you're working from home. And it's nice to be able to learn some skills that allow you to grow your private practice and make extra money. Yeah, exactly. And I definitely, looking back, I definitely see that I did have the time before. I just had like a bag of excuses, (laughs) but that's okay because I'm here now. Yeah, a lot of people tend to. So, and it's all about, like you said, like just getting to that point and at least doing it versus like harping on it for months and years to come. You did it and it's great that you're starting now. And can you share a little bit with the listeners about the type of clients you work with? I alluded to it a bit in your bio, but I would love for you to also share about your current niche, some more details so the listeners can learn a little bit more. Yeah. So when I was kind of, you know, when I was contemplating and thinking about who do I want to help most, because we all want to help everyone. But when I really was trying to hone in, like, who does this person look like, or not even look like, but like, what are their biggest struggles, right? What does their life look like is really what I mean. I thought about my husband and my twin brother who are avid video gamers. And a lot of our friends are video gamers too. And that means a lot of time sitting, but it also doesn't mean that you 
have to, you know, if you're someone that wants weight loss, it doesn't mean you have to change your life and be a gym rat. So really my niche is working with video gamers and teaching them how they don't have to change their whole life completely. It's just these small changes like portion control and working in that activity time that doesn't have to be traditional exercise if that's not what they like. So that's my niche. Love it. Love it. I love that you have really gotten to understand what they value, which is obviously obviously their video game time. And you don't want them to feel like they have to do these massive compromises and become someone that they're not in order to lose weight. And that's like a remarkable selling point. And it's really unique because it shows that you really empathize with them and you want to find the most flexible solution for them, which is wonderful. Yeah, exactly. And the other thing I've definitely learned from the beginning was gaming for some people and my ideal client is what I call like a social gamer. So their social life, especially once again, like during this pandemic, like a big part of their social life is playing video games and connecting with their friends. So that's why for me, it was so important to send the message of like, hey, like you can lose weight, you can be healthier. I can show you how, just like you said, like without, with them being themselves and keeping these, the hobby that they really enjoy. Super cool. And you sound so clear and so confident in this niche, but was this where you started? Has your niche evolved? It would be great for the listeners to learn a little bit more about your journey because oftentimes as a dietitian, you're coming from being trained in so many different areas. Like you, even you just said you have so much experience. So like, it's kind of hard for people to like land on the fact like, oh my God, she sounds so great talking about this one type of person she works with, but obviously it's a process. So I would love for you to share that with the listeners. Yeah. So at first I was focusing on something to a, you know, an ideal client that was totally different. So this person was a woman in their late 20s, early 30s. And besides that, I had a lot of trouble narrowing it down when I was trying to niche down. So that's when I realized that, you know what, like I had this video game niche in the back of my head the whole entire time. And that's why I I couldn't niche down with the woman in her early thirties. And I did create content and my Instagram was, you know, content that looked absolutely different than what it is now. And yeah, I just, it, once I switched my niche, like the, my posts and just everything I was creating came out so much easier, like from like a creativity aspect. Yeah. You know what? So many people struggle with that, like choosing things that they're not aligned with. Like they'll do something that they think might be a great idea, but there's oftentimes like a voice in the back of your head and people kind of push it away and like, "Mm, I'm not going to do it, but it could be that little voice. That's really the breakthrough you need. So you can have like just that nonstop creative inspiration that you just shared. Cause it's different when you pursue something with passion, right? So much easier to create. Absolutely. And it's funny because originally I chose women in their late 20s, early 30s, because that's who I am. So I was thinking I can definitely relate. But like I was saying, like this whole time I had this video game niche in the back of my head. And it's definitely like I thought it would be the harder avenue to take because I'm obviously my ideal client is not only a video gamer, but also a man, which I am not. 
but like I said, like creating this content has been so much more enjoyable and easier. Love that. That's the greatest thing about pursuing private practice, doing what you love, finding whatever lights the fire in you and so cool and inspiring. And I would love for you to share, was this always your dream? Like what made you decide to start and take your business to the next level? I actually never thought that I would be in private practice. My dad has always owned his own business as a general contractor, which is really hard work. And I saw like just how hard it was for him to take vacations with us and all the struggles of being a small business owner. But also, as I was saying earlier, like I've been a dietitian for over five years. I've worked in a lot of different areas and I understand why he made the trade-off to be self-employed his whole life because I think the benefits of having your own private practice and being self-employed definitely outweigh those things that, you know, as a kid, I thought, you know, I didn't want. But like I said, I, I think, I mean, just having the flexibility and as a dietitian, increasing my earning potential. So those are the reasons why I decided to start my own private practice. Yeah, totally. The flexibility is huge. And the earning potential is probably by far the number one thing I hear a lot of people say on the podcast. And that's something that people should really think about. If you have certain financial goals that you're trying to achieve, there's like caps in this industry, unfortunately, if you're doing like the traditional route. So yeah, it's, it's worth it to push for it. Yeah, there's some compromises you have to make. But yeah, there are a lot of benefits, like you said, that outweigh some of those things that most people perceive as like the downside. Yeah, exactly. And a big part of growing your own online practice really involves getting out there, showing your face, building what we refer to as no like and trust factor. So for those listening, oftentimes they're listening to this podcast, they're thinking about starting their own business, or maybe they have and they're really trying to make it. And part of it is just showing up more. So what are one or two tips that you have for the listeners that they can utilize to effectively build no like and trust? So my number one tip, and I've, I've learned this myself, I, and we were just talking about this earlier. Yeah. I love Instagram and like any content that the people I follow put out there, I'm so interested in. But when it came to showing up on my stories, I had a really hard time with that because it is more on the fly than, you know, putting a picture of yourself in an IG post. So I really struggled with this, like on the fly situation and what do I say? And like, what do I show them? Like what I do every day is not interesting, especially now when I'm home all day. But I finally started kind of just like sharing things that I didn't think were that interesting. So something like an example of that would be one of the things I do to make my content specific to, you know, my niche and my ideal client is weaving in references for, of course, video games, but also like movies. Like I do a lot of the Marvel Universe stuff because a lot of my clients are also interested in things like the Marvel Universe and superheroes. So even something like showing that me and my husband are watching a Marvel movie or watching like a new superhero series, those were the the Insta stories that I received like the most 
like messages for and like reactions from my followers. And I was like, oh, I, I didn't think anyone would think this is interesting at all. But I guess they think it's really cool that we're watching a movie. But I mean, they see that's relatable. And they they also like, you know, the Marvel Universe. And they're also watching Watchmen. That's what I, I recently was in an Insta story. So it's relatable. And then I thought like, oh, that's exactly the content that I consume from people that I follow. So I guess my tip there is you're not boring and share things that are, of course, you, it has to be like on brand, right? But something you may think is boring is not. Yes, that's such a good point. And I think a lot of people are really scared or have this massive fear that they're boring, especially in quarantine. That's like such a good point. People are like, I'm literally doing nothing, but that nothingness is actually really interesting. And to reframe that, your story is really helpful and a great example of like how something seemingly unimportant or boring is actually garnering a lot of attention and really getting a lot of interest, which is ultimately the goal with having an online brand is to like get people looking at your stuff and like finding you to be a human and not a robot, which is great. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And it's also for, of course, you know, with the dietitian boss method, I've become more comfortable to sell through my IG, but it's also, if you're someone that's uncomfortable or isn't at that point yet with like selling yourself or selling your program, those are the things that make you so relatable is like sharing something like watching a movie or sharing, you know, you making your own lunch, depending on, you know, what you're doing. So I kind of look at it that way too. Yeah, totally. Thanks so much for that. And since we were on the topic about like getting yourself out there and attracting leads and getting to that point of like making money, like really good money, a lot of times people starting their business are like really stuck on this fact, like, I don't know how much money I can make. They have these existing limiting beliefs. Can you share your money story and what beliefs you had about money? And we'll talk a little bit more about how that shifted a little bit later. My money story starts with, you know, first realizing that as a dietitian, this sort of earning potential cap exists, which is something I never really thought of when I chose to become a dietitian or ever really. So that was kind of like, that was a big discovery, I would say. And then interesting enough, as I was, you know, engaged and my wedding was coming up, I realized that my husband's earning potential was much greater, which is great for the two of us in, you know, starting a family one day. But it also made me more insecure about what I earn now and this cap that I kind of, you know, now realize exists. So for me, it became even more important and I became even more driven by, you know, making enough that I can stand on my own two feet if I had to. Yeah, that's such a powerful story. And I definitely know many listeners can relate whether they have their upcoming nuptials, or they're knowing some time in the next five or 10 years when they meet that special someone that there's this idea of having your own financial independence. And part of that is looking at your current role and like, how much more money can I make? And if you can't make enough to feel like you can be independent on your own, then you have to start pursuing other options like private practice. So it's a very helpful insight. And I think it's 
obviously more prevalent than you think. So your vulnerability is especially helpful for those listening that are on the fence about just going for it. Yeah. Another thing that definitely is part of this story is the other thing that kind of propelled me to do this was my husband is finishing up his MBA and looking at the numbers in how, once again, like his earning potential, like is going to shoot up. I was like, wait a minute, that's not fair. I work really hard. (laughs) So that was another piece of it. And then of course, like, which I haven't mentioned, it's always on my mind is paying off my student loans. So all these things like where I think it's like crazy at first, that kind of money wasn't on my mind as much as it should have been. Yeah, for sure. I think a lot of us could really, really, really benefit from that extra money to pay off loans and really start setting those goals that set us up for like a better financial future. And how has your mindset shifted? So we've talked just before about your money story, and the limiting beliefs and kind of what propelled you. And what does that new money mindset look like now that you've been in the program? Yeah, so I definitely, as I, you know, had mentioned earlier, like, I didn't become a dietitian because I wanted to live like a life of luxury. But of course, I want to be financially stable. And I was kind of shy. And I thought that it was greedy to be like, so focused on money. But financial security is very real and is important. So that's definitely how my mindset has shifted. I was just really, like I said, shy and didn't really have any money goals when, especially when I have a lot of student loans, I definitely should have been thinking about it. Yeah. (laughs) Admittedly, a lot of people are the same way. They're super hesitant to set money goals or yeah, they think that money makes them greedy or there's something weird or awkward about setting money goals. And really, it's like so important for the reasons you said is like just to be able to have financial security and feel comfortable is important. It doesn't have to be about being greedy. It could just be for survival as well. Yeah, exactly. Cool. So part of making money and being able to grow your practice really involves showing up on Instagram and using it as a means to grow your business. So can you tell us how you've used Instagram to grow your business, walk us through your content creation process, and even how you've developed your messaging that shows up on your Instagram. Yeah. So when I started the Dietitian Boss program, I actually did not have really anything set up yet. I kind of had my method ironed out, but that was all backend stuff. So I completely started my business on Instagram. I don't even have a website yet. But I mean, I do have followers. I am interacting with people online. I have made a sale. So you don't need a website to start. So I think that's really important to know because I thought that I needed a website, an IG, a Twitter, everything. So my business is completely on Instagram. When it comes to creating content, I have... When I sit down to create content, I've, you know, blocked off time to do this. So I give myself one or two hours at a time to create as much as I can. And I have two Google documents that are kind of just, you know, they're ever changing. So one document is where I dump post ideas. So like if I get an idea for a post, I just dump it in there so that then when it's time for me to create content, I can go back to that idea. 
I'll, sometimes I won't have enough post ideas that just like occurred to me. So I'll go. My second Google Doc is my whole list of my ideal client, what their biggest struggles are, what their goals are, what their dreams are. And I just pull from there. And if that's not enough, then the third thing I do is I'll go on my own Instagram and look at dietitian bosses whose content I really like. And usually I actually purposely look for dietitian bosses that are not in my niche so that, you know, I can kind of use not, you know, I don't want to steal anyone's ideas. So if it's a totally different niche, I just look at it and I say, this is applicable to my ideal client. How can I translate this and like make it my own? So using all of that stuff, like I haven't had too many kind of writer's blocks yet. I think because I have like a lot of different (laughs) like pools to choose from. Yeah. Yeah. And when it comes to messaging, for my ideal client, the absolutely the most helpful has been market research interviews with, you know, people who are my ideal client. And even sometimes maybe if they're not my ideal client, but if they're close to it or in that world. So that's been most helpful for me. I do a little bit of, you know, I'm in Facebook groups where weight loss Facebook groups, but there's not a ton of ones for men out there and they're not as active as the ones for women. So interviews have been so, so insightful. Yeah. Thank you so much for walking us through your Instagram journey. And honestly, that system that you have with the Google docs is genius because most people just need a simple structure and just having those two docs, one with just ideas that come to you, you're walking in the shower out to lunch, you overhear a conversation, you can just jot down an idea. And then after you've spent the time kind of like digging through describing your ideal client, what their struggles are, dreams and goals, you can reverse engineer ideas just based on that. Or I love your idea of just going on to pages for inspo. I think like that's such a great idea. I love looking at other pages for like layout inspo or like some graphic inspo too. Like, oh, that's like a such super cool graphic concept. So All that stuff is great. And I think a lot of people don't take the time to come up with a process. So I appreciate you sharing your top secret tips. (laughs) Yeah, of course. And in regards to market research, you actually bring up a really good point. Sometimes people go like, I can't find a group for that, or I can't find a Reddit thread for that. I like that you really emphasize the power of interviews and like just getting out there and seeing who you can talk to and putting out some feelers. And it's definitely an underutilized thing. And I think it's great that you're leveraging that to be really clear in your messaging. Yeah. And I actually, I was a bit hesitant at first. I kind of, it was a last resort for me because I wasn't finding these Facebook groups or the Reddit threads as much. And there just wasn't a ton on there. But for anyone who hasn't done this yet, like people, you'd be surprised how much they open up. I was really surprised at how much people shared, especially people who I did know beforehand, but like they were my IC. So I thought that it was a starting point, but I thought maybe they'd be hesitant because food is personal, but people, you know, they, if you're trusting, which I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you are, they really open up and you discover a lot. Yeah, for sure. For sure. 
And it's all about just getting out there, like doing your best and just it's going to be imperfect action that will propel you forward. And this is like actually a good transition for the next question. The Dietitian Boss Method is really, 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 really great about educating all the DBs to really start imperfectly. So can you share what that looked like for you? For me, it looked like, I mean, I was had a different niche at first as well. So I had like a totally different color scheme. My pictures were not that great. And my pictures still are not perfect, like definitely. <laughs> but that's what it looked like for me. Like I, yeah, I think I held other bosses on a pedestal and felt that, you know, I couldn't put anything out that didn't look like this. But if your message is on point and like, that's all that matters, people are going to listen to you. It doesn't matter if your picture is flawless. Yeah. That's one thing that gets so many people caught up and will slow them down is like perfection and things needing to be perfect. But if there's a typo in your post, if the photo's slightly blurry, but your messaging's on point, who cares? It's great. It's fine. It's awesome. And that's oftentimes how you need to move forward. You can't spend hours like agonizing over, oh my God, it needs to look like something X, Y, Z. Like, no, you just got to go for it. Yeah. And people definitely, they like to see that you're like, we've been talking about like relatable. They like to see that you're human. I recently made a typo in a post and I ended up changing it, but I purposely put up in an Insta story how I like made the typo and had like a laughing, crying face, not crying because of sadness, just because it was funny, the typo. And I got messages from that. Like people responded to that because guess what? We've all made typos. Oh my God. Yes. Yes. That's super cool. I love how you flip that on its head. And was there anything else that you've done to adapt, like starting imperfectly that you would like to share? Because there's so many things that people think they need. So is there anything else that you kind of just like stayed away from and just like got out there and started? Yeah. So one of the biggest like obstacles that I made for myself was this, the thought of having to create a whole website with XYZ. And I don't even have a website yet. I'm just working off of Instagram. So you don't need, you don't need a website. You don't like, there's so many things that you don't need. Like you can just start with your Instagram, like truly. Yeah, for sure. And for those listening, what advice would you give in terms of starting and starting imperfectly in particular? What would that advice look like? I would say, because, you know, it's the spirit of the season, let it go. Let it go. Has anyone sang on this before? No, but you're first. <laughs> I'll save your ears. <laughs> but really, but you really just have to let it go. All the dietitians that you see online or not, maybe you, you know, have other inspiration or you see other people as an inspiration to you, which is great. They all started where you did. And the other thing that was really hard for me that I'm just realizing now is that you have to go through all these iterations to get a polished product and your product is still not going to be perfect. Like there's no such thing as perfect. And I know that sounds corny, but it's so true. So if you think about just like 
if you've heard about like what the first computer looked like, like it, it took up a whole entire room. And now we have computers like essentially in our hands on our phones. So there's no way that you're going to get to the content or like this idea of the content that you have in your head without going through the motions of creating content that is less than perfect. Yes. Oh my God. What a powerful statement. I really, really, really love this because before we got onto this and recorded, I was sharing with Bianca how awful my first content was, how I struggled to even get like two or three posts up a week. It was like, it was a mess. It took me hours. And honestly, you have to go through iterations. And if you don't go through all those iterations, you're not going to get to that point, like the first computer taking up a room to now being in your hand. That was a lot of iterations. But if no one took the chance on that massive computer taking up that room, we wouldn't even be where we are now with technology. So that's a great reminder for business. Like, whoa, you just like blew my mind with that. (laughs) That is a great comparison. It took me such a long time because I definitely noticed through this program that like I'm scared to start if I'm scared of failing. But I mean, I'm never going to get to where I want to be if I don't keep moving. Yeah, you got to go for the messy action. You just got to dive deep. So what steps would you say someone should start to take? For me, and it's going to definitely be different for everyone, but I feel like everything finally clicked and I was able to utilize the tools from the dietitian boss method like fully mm-hmm. once I really started thinking about like who do I want to help because I did want to help everyone and we all want to help everyone. But when I really like forced myself to narrow that down, that's when I felt like everything clicked. Yeah, that's so true. Because yeah, if you can't figure out that part of it, that ideal client, like bio, that problem, that pain point, that solution, that outcome, you do get a little bit stuck. But what I appreciate about you and a lot of other people, you just went with something at least, right? You started just creating something. And that helps too, because instead of just like not doing anything, because you're unsure, you just got learning, like learn how to do Canva, learn how to do a sales call, like learn the stuff. But as you're learning, kind of really figuring out who I want to help. And then when you get that, you're like, oh, now everything I'm doing makes way more sense. But hey, it's a great little moment of clarity for sure. Yeah. And you're definitely right. Yeah. Like if I hadn't started creating content for women, like in their early thirties, like I would have never gotten to where the niche that I'm at now. So you're definitely right. And that's the whole thing we've been talking about with like iterations of stuff. Yeah, for sure. I love it. Love it. Love it. And I would love to just end on a note of empowerment. You've been so empowering throughout this whole episode, but I figure let's just go for the whole shebang. Can you provide a specific example of how the dietitian boss method has empowered you? So definitely I'm much more confident. It's not to say I don't have my days or moments, which we all do. But now, like, I've definitely learned how to get myself back on track and how to, you know, like, not to accept that moment, but not to get stuck in it. So definitely that I definitely feel like I have all the tools I need. And I even like, even though there's things that, you know, I have a long road ahead of me, and we all have long term goals. And once we reach those, we have more long term goals. But I know that like, I have the tools, like I learned, I'm anticipating what I'm going to kind of which tool I'm going to use next, if that makes sense. Yeah. 
And definitely the third thing is I feel like I have an army of dietitians behind me. Like I've made these connections with people from all over the country, which is really cool. So that too, where, you know, even after the program is over, I have people I can reach out to. Yeah, for sure. Love it. Those are such amazing reflections. And yeah, I love the idea of having the tools available. And you know, like if you even foresee something, but you know, you have a resource ready for that. And yeah, the support system is obviously super powerful and helpful. So thank you so much, Bianca, for being on this episode. It's been a pleasure. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. And as a reminder, you can find Bianca on Instagram at gamer period weight loss. Thanks so much. If you identify as a female dietitian or student, apply to my coaching program. I'm accepting applications now. My clients go from zero to exceeding their sales goals. I save you time, energy, and I show you how to confidently become a dietitian boss. Thousands of your colleagues from around the world are doing it, and so can you. Apply on my website at LibbyRothschild.com and check the show notes if you want that link right away.